2: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, the final day of 2020. We welcome you to the radio program as KXNO 1460 on the AM dial 106.3 on the FM dial. Return to local programming for the next couple of hours, and we appreciate you spending some of your final morning here of 2020 with us Uh, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Very busy in the first hour of the program, We are, as we normally do, on the final day of the work week. Take a look at some of the regional teams in the NFL. And uh, we'll do both of them uh, in the first segment of the program. With Jeff Hughes, the Bears blog, and Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. It is Bears, it is Packers, promises to be a good one. Tom Cakert will then join us about 10.35. We'll uh, get the latest on all the Hawks who have decided to uh, leave. Uh, There is a uh, notable uh, coming back. We'll get into that uh, with Tom and preview Rutgers and Iowa on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It is Saturday, yes. Uh, Saturday, the 2nd of January. We'll get into that with Tom. Mitch Holtis will slide on in here at 10.50. I will preview the Chiefs, who are not going to use Patrick Mahomes in the football game uh, on um, Sunday. Uh, And then in the 11 o'clock hour, a long look at what's left of college football. With Bama Bob Trent and I going around the college football games that remain to be played. Uh, Dave Sproul will join us previewing Oregon. The Fiesta Bowl with Dave about uh, 11.35. We'll make some picks and we will get out of here before noon. Uh so look at last night was uh, a pretty lopsided football game. Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve is flexing their muscles in the uh in the in the bowl season so far, uh for what you can make of that. I don't make too much of it, but um Florida was simply outgunned last night by an Oklahoma team who this is the third straight night that I've come away thinking, boy oh boy, Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma there are going to be um, factors in 2021. Putting it mildly, uh, and last night was um, last night was an eye-opening performance by an Oklahoma football team as they just pounded the crap out of Florida. It wasn't entertaining, I'll tell you. What was the most entertaining of it was the post game on Twitter. I missed it. <laughs> oh, did you ever miss it? Uh, between my former partner Matt Peralta, uh-huh. and he took on Cyclone Nation last night. Oh, really? He decided to poke at Cyclone Nation last night, particularly Cyclone Fanatic, and it didn't go well. well um, what happened? Fill me in. No, here. just the SEC, Big Twelve, and um, and now here's the thing about Peralta: what people don't understand and why I enjoyed working with him so so much, and I did. And at first, I couldn't understand him. I thought, Gosh, gosh, <laughs> this guy's really um, some of his takes, uh, but he he believes it. Yeah. It's not like he's it's not like he's doing it for effect. You know, like some hosts do mm-hmm. all across the country. Uh, you know, you throw stuff against the wall, you hope it sticks. If it does, you're on to some. If it doesn't, oh well, you got a couple of segments out of it. Proper leaves everything he says. He really does. And for that, you know, I um and once I figured that out about him, uh we had a good couple of years together. Um, but last night he was just—it was the whole Iowa State. He likes Iowa State fans better when they're—they're they're not. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. Kind of privileged that they're a top ten team. He uh-huh. likes it better when they're an underdog type of thing. And um, and Chris was involved. And then Brent Bloom dug up audio that somehow he's kept for 11 oh, years. Geez. And decided to post that on, (laughs) you know. So what's he thinking when he decides to put that wherever he puts it in some folder? You know what? You never know when I might need this. Well, he needed it last night, and then it just went from there. It was pretty entertaining, actually. It really was. was. It was. The game stunk. It did. The post game on Twitter was was okay. Um, So we'll get into some more games today. Not really. Is there one game that moves your needle more than the other? San
3: Jose State. You like that story? I do. It's uh, probably one of my favorite stories of the year. In that ball state story, beating Buffalo in the championship. Game right, it's part of my picks. I uh, mine too. You're going to be in this. I game. am. You're yeah. in this game. All right. Yeah. And you were on Ball State against. I Buffalo. was. You're I've not going to be on Ball State today. I was on San Jose State in the Mountain West Championship game yeah. against Boise and had the right side of that. So I I bet well with both these teams this year. We'll get to that at about oh eleven forty five eleven fifty with our picks. You know, there's nothing great though. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm with you. The ball. You know, it's what? fun watching Army. Sure. When they're good. When they're bad, then they're good. And I've got West
2: Virginia, and I don't know how much Army's going to score today. West Virginia's defense was thought to be pretty good until Mm -hmm. they came to Ames, and they got just uh, trashed.
3: I hope that's an entertaining game at the very least. More than anything, I'm probably looking forward to Minnesota Wisconsin basketball today. Yeah, I know. That's probably at the top of my list.
2: You know what? That's probably fair.
3: I know there's precious few football games yeah. left in the college slate. And there's slate.
2: nothing tonight. There's no football right. game tonight. So because what reason. was scheduled Canceled. is off the docket. Right. TCU and Arkansas. TCU had too many... You got uh, your champagne uh, ready? Well,
3: we have a bottle. That would mean you're going to have to break your oh, protocol. No, all. Oh, there's no chance. i you going to go East Coast? Happens. East Coast? Make it no, to I'm 11? I'm going to go Australia, maybe. <laughs>
2: Six o'clock, popping a little champagne. Yeah, I just not. Are you going to stay up and watch some, did the, the ball? Well, is I'll gonna be up drop. anyway. Will the ball drop in New York? They're having a big concert oh, in, really? in Times Square. Now, you're not allowed to come to Times Square. Okay. Somebody sponsored. One of the TV networks sure. is sponsoring it.
3: I know Everyone, ABC, you, you used to say. watch Dick Clark? Yes, yeah, New yeah.
2: I think I probably did at some point, but um, I don't know. I'm not, you were, So I was never really into
3: it doesn't seem a whole lot different to me. It's right. Yeah.
2: Look, the 2021, I hate to say it, but it's going to start out like 2020 is going to end. Right. It's not
3: like tomorrow where everything's going to be fine. All right. Let's go to the bar. The way we go. Let's get to the casino, on, go shoulder to shoulder, right. take off those masks. That's not the way it's going to work. Yeah. If well, you want to sit down here in the middle seat, that's fine by me. So plop yourself right down. Cough all over me. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, man.
2: But you know what? It, here's the thing about 2020. It was such a different year, right? You and I, and I mean, I don't know, maybe the other shows have identified their um, highlights, sports highlights Mm -hmm. locally of 2000. It didn't even cross my mind to look back at 2020 in the year of sports in the state of Iowa. It really didn't. It was just so different, so weird. No payoff for Iowa basketball. None. No payoff for Iowa football. You know, a Music City Bowl, not the biggest deal. Right. Um,
3: But still, you rip off six straight, you think there's going to be something, some kind of culmination. And you would have been, you know, seven if they
2: beat Michigan, then Mm -hmm. eight if they win the bowl game, and they were certainly favored to do so. Iowa State
3: football might be the best story in sports in the state of Iowa this year. And it just has that weird feeling. It does, right? It really does. How many people actually got to see this team in person? That's another another topic, sure. The games that were actually played with people in attendance. Mm Mm-hmm. But you combine them all together, was it maybe fifty, sixty thousand people total that got to see this team? Yeah, because there was only a couple of there was a when
2: did they was it three games? Was it the Oklahoma game that they were allowed people yes. in for the first time? Yep. And then there was one game in November that they did an about face, right? And then at the end, uh, they it was the West Virginia game. They mm-hmm. did allow fans in the stands. Anyways, um, it's just uh, it's just a year that you just want to forget about
3: the high school slate you had. Ankeny starting things off. They had a great year, Ankeny They really did. And that really, at the high school level, is an incredible story. The splitting of the high schools, Centennial had such a big leg up Mm -hmm. initially. They did. And basically everything. Football is the one we talk about the most, but a lot of other sports too. Mm -hmm. It's where the new money was. That's where the new housing developments are. That's where Pazzetti went. That's where Pazzetti went. It was the north side, and a lot of the teachers also moved to the new school with Centennial. But here we are, seven years later, Ankeny boys basketball wins a title. Right. The baseball team plays for a state uh-huh. championship. The football team wins a championship. The volleyball team, championship. It just, all of a sudden, everything goes back to the old guard, if you will, the south right. side of Ankeny, yep. and the Hawks bringing home all that hardware. So really cool story there. Not just one team, but multiple teams being able to do that. No, I wonder where uh, this is
2: a topic that very few people care about, but with the pra- you know, Prairie Trail and yes, all that, yeah.
3: out, what school would they
2: go to? I should know that as an Ankeny taxpayer. Will they go to Ankeny? I
3: think so. Or I, will they go to Centennial? Yeah, I don't know the lines as well as you probably should. I should, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I would think that would be. Because that's a pretty big development. It and is, then yeah. south
2: of, um, is it, um, God, I can't get my streets, streets or labor, mm-hmm. is a lot of Ankeny too. Anyways, um, we do uh, Central Iowa sports talk, not Ankeny <laughs> sports talk. So let's move on. So last night, not uh, not the shiniest of football games, but look, the Big 12 has clearly flexed their muscles. Uh, and uh, happy for them uh, for for doing that. Uh, They've got a couple left, obviously. They've got one today. They have got one on uh, tomorrow that a lot of people will be paying attention to here locally, Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, We will get to Jeff Hughes coming up momentarily. Help me out with this. See if I'm correct on this, okay? Okay. So for the Bears, Mm -hmm. the Bears... Need to really pay attention to the Rams and the Cardinals. That's the game that is most important. If yes. the Rams win,
3: Bears are in. Correct. If the Cardinals win, then the Bears have to beat the Packers. Both games will be played at the same time. Right. In Scoreboard that late watching. Window. Can you? I mean, yeah. It's so much different than baseball with the downtime. Yeah. And in between pitches, are you going to be looking around if you're a player and? let up it's still football ultimately right and how many of these week 17 games that we've seen you need this and this and this to happen oh there's no way that that set of circumstances they have nothing to play for this team has everything to play for and we see year after year after year that doesn't matter it's not automatic even in week 17 when it seems like teams are, are just playing out the string we see so many upsets happening this week here Become a big, big Rams fan, and John Wolford, Yeah. <laughs> who McVeigh for the Rams, yeah. couldn't. He's had his quarterback his backup for the last two years. A kid from Wake Forest. I don't even remember him. Wake Forest. I don't either. We watch watch a lot of college football. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the guy. I I don't. We I mean, we don't watch a lot of ACC. College, right. You know? But McVeigh, yeah, can't, couldn't even pronounce his name. And Wolford, he just laughed about it this week and said, eh. He's got his LinkedIn profile, quarterback of the LA Rams. He said he might update that to starter if things go well this week. <laughs> nice. He's having a great time with it, but the Bears are not beating the. Packers. I don't think so. Are Trent? they? Well, look, there's something for the Packers to play for. Right. Packers got to, They they want the NFC, and why wouldn't they to go through Lambeau Field? It's one thing when nobody is looking, you know, beating Jacksonville. Yeah. Beating the Lions, so they let the Lions game get away. This is a diff- this is a huge yep. step up for Mitchell Trubisky in this team. I know somebody that does have a little optimism, a lot more than I do Who? usually. Jeff Hughes. Well, let's get him on. Shall we? Let's
2: let's ring him up. We'll get uh, Jeff Hughes to bearsblog.com. Look, they're playing a lot better. The offensive line has been terrific. You've watched the Bears, you you've seen a uh, a different Bears team. Um, you know, it was, it was been a story of the defense carrying this team. Now the offense is more than carrying the load. David Montgomery uh is running like he did when he uh, you know wore a Cyclone uniform. He's um, he's running hard. He's hard to get on the ground. Uh yards after first contact. Or- looking like he they did when he was a cyclone. Uh, lots of things, lots of positive things about this Bears team. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, was asked early in the week, he said that other than Lambeau Field, his favorite place to play is Soldier Field. Well, he'll get an opportunity. Jeff Hughes going to opine on that. We'll get Dave Sinekin's take from a Packers perspective uh, in a few minutes. But Jeff joins us. Jeff, Trent and Ken, Happy New Year. Uh, how are things at the Bears blog? And here we go, Week 17, a meaningful football game, Jeff Hughes.
4: Absolutely. Happy New Year's, guys. And, of course, Soldier Field is his second favorite place to play. When you get to go up against Caleb Haney and Jonathan (laughs) Quinn and and the roster of quarterbacks that have faced him in his career, I think I'd enjoy playing there, too. Uh, But let me say this. This game can't be about Aaron Rodgers. If this game becomes about Aaron Rodgers, the Bears are going to lose. That's the way this works. This game has to be about the Bears' offense matching them toe-to-toe. They have set the stage here with a month of the best offensive production since the mid-60s for this franchise. Mm. It cannot stop in Week 17. This has to be a week for Nagy, for Lazor, for for Trubisky. They've got to score, and they've got to score a lot.
2: Let me ask you about uh, David Montgomery. Um you mean, we, we know to the turnaround in Trubisky, and I would have to think that some Bears fans are off the ledge, those that didn't already jump uh, about their quarterback. But David Montgomery meant so much to, uh, to Iowa State when he was here, both on and off the field. He's, he's, he's an easy guy to root for, especially, you know, the alums, they love him. Um, and I don't think that necessarily Bears fans, the play on the field caused them to embrace David Montgomery, at least up until uh, you know, the last few weeks when he looks like David Montgomery, the Iowa State Cyclone, the way he's yards after contact. Is the fan base coming around on their running back?
4: 100%. I mean, I think the the trick to David Montgomery's career with the Bears has been not getting hit in the backfield. I mean, the big change, the guy was averaging less than two yards a carry for a stretch because the offensive line couldn't open a hole for him. And what we're seeing now from David Montgomery is once he gets through the line of scrimmage, Once he gets to the second level, he is borderline impossible to tackle. Nobody seems to be able to bring this guy down. And that kind of runner, uh, that kind of toughness has always sold well in Chicago. Listen, we're seeing now what this offense can look like with a threatening passing game, with a good, solid interior offensive line, and now a back who can finish runs. Uh, I think Montgomery's going to be in Chicago for a long time, and uh, I think this, this last month has been an eye-opener for everybody around
3: the team. If this doesn't go well, and Trubisky turns into a pumpkin, we go back to seeing the same guy that we've seen before. He throws three interceptions, the Bears lose 37-10. Is that it? Do they have to just pull the plug? Even with all the positives that we've seen over mm-hmm. the last month, you can't go into twenty twenty one. Even if you sign him to a two year twenty two million dollar deal, you just can't do it because the stink will be too much.
4: Trent, I think it's the I think it's the big question that's going to be answered this week. I, I think Matt Nagy is safe. I think Bill Lazor will, will be calling plays next year. If if Mitch lays an egg and throws a couple of picks and fumbles the ball and looks like he's looked against Green Bay for most of his Bears career, I think the team would be looking at maybe bringing him back on a one-year, maybe less than $10 million deal, but seriously trying to address the future of the position in the offseason. This is a game for him. He's got to deliver here in the biggest spot he will have been in Mm -hmm. the playoff game in 2018. This is it. If he does not deliver a big-time performance, or if he's... Or if he's horrible, I I guess we've got to qualify that. If he's horrible, I don't see the fans coming back. If he's mediocre, you'll have some wishy-washy response. If he's great, he's back. I think it's as simple as that. Mm. And I think this is the week. This is the week where Mitch Trubisky basically defines his Bears tenure.
2: Uh, what's the plan for, for Adams? How will they try and shut down him? He's having such a terrific year. The chemistry, obviously, between uh, Rodgers uh, and the gifted wide receiver, Devontae Adams, is uh, is through the roof. What's the plan for Adams?
4: There is no plan for Adams, and I I'm not trying to be glib. If they move Adams to the left side of the field where Kyle Fuller is not, the Bears have Kendall Vildor over there and Duke Shelley over there because they're banged up in their secondary. Mm. If Adams lines up on the left side, which you know the Packers are going to do to exploit mismatches, he's going to have a big game. We have actually seen through this season uh, number one receivers on opposing teams have had big games against the Bears because they've just gone away from Kyle Fuller. This game comes down to, from a defensive standpoint, that very expensive pass rush. Khalil Mack, Akeem Mm Hicks, Robert Quinn. If those guys don't have a game where they are harassing Rodgers, You're going to look up and there's going to be 27 and 30 on the board before you know it. Nobody beats Aaron Rodgers without pressure. The same way nobody beats Tom Brady without pressure. And nobody beats Patrick Mahomes without pressure. The great ones destroy you when you don't pressure them. So if the Bears think they're going to play defense and rush the passer the way they have for the last month and beat Aaron Rodgers Sunday, they're not. So there's no plan for Devontae Adams other than hit the quarterback, hit him a lot, and make him uncomfortable.
3: Let's say that this happens. They get it done. Trubisky's great. Who do you want to see in the first round of the playoffs? A rematch with the Packers a week later? (laughs) That doesn't sound very fun. Saints, Seahawks, some of the other possibilities. Who do you want to see in the first round?
4: You know, Trent, this is another answer that no one's going to like. It will be such an icing on the cake scenario for them to have pulled themselves out of what was one of the darkest two-week periods I can remember for this franchise on the field. To pull themselves out of that and to win out and to look the way they've looked offensively, and then to beat their rivals to make the playoffs, they will be going into the postseason with so it's all houses money. They're walking into the casino, and they're being handed chips to the door. And they're going to be able to go there and be be freewheeling with whoever they play. I would prefer them not see the Packers at Lambeau. I don't see a scenario where they can beat them in back-to-back weeks. I think they match up particularly well with the Saints because Drew Brees can't push it down the field. And right now, if you let this Bears secondary play in the box, they're far better than if they have to cover the entire field. So my hope would be, but, but again, if they beat the Packers on Sunday, the likelihood of the Saints will be the Saints are the number one seed. So mm-hmm. I would like to go to New Orleans. New Orleans also has a history of blowing playoff games in wild ways. I would love to see the Bears be the beneficiary of one of those.
2: Jeff Hughes, TheBearsBlog.com. Jeff, we will talk to you next week. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year guys. Thanks. I appreciate that from that's the Bears perspective of that football game. Let's get the Packers perspective. He's Dave Sinek in the headcheese.com. Lots to play for the Pack including that one seed a week off next week and the playoffs going through Lambeau Field in the NFC if they're able to knock off the Bears. Dave Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you?
0: Uh, my pleasure, guys. I'm good. Uh, happy New Year to both of you and everybody.
2: Absolutely, uh, back at you, sir. So, um, look at the, uh, Rogers. Loves to play at Soldier Field. He made that very clear uh, in, in a press conference earlier this week. I loved the, what they did on a snowy Sunday night last week uh, to uh, knocking off the Titans and the way they shut down Derrick Henry. David Montgomery's running the ball well, uh, but the Packers did very well against the run last week. I, I just honestly, Dave, we just talked to our friend. Jeff Hughes, Trent's a big Bears fan, as you know. I can't make a case for this Bears team to win this football game.
0: Well, if you follow recent history, you can probably understand why. I mean, this is just a series that's been dominated by the Packers since Brett Favre came around, and it seems like when they play a big game in December, and there have been a number of them in recent years, it, it tends to go Green Bay's way. They've won nine of the last ten times they've played at Soldier Field, including, if uh, well, I'll go back a little further, the NFC Championship when there was a lot on the line. So, History tells us that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers love to play here, and they're coming off, frankly, their most complete performance of the Matt LaFleur era. I, I thought there was so much to learn about Green Bay's team in that game against Tennessee, and I think they passed every test. I mean, they didn't punt. They didn't commit a penalty. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't allow Derrick Henry to run more than 10 yards, and they ran the ball down the Titans' throats. Yeah. It was just exactly the performance uh, we had hoped to see from this team starting to round into form but prove it against a winning team that had lots to play for. So Green Bay's coming down there healthy, confident, and comfortable because they like to play in that stadium.
3: We saw uh, Sunday night that they allowed what a few first responders in the building. It was about 400, I think, was the number that I heard uh, them mm-hmm. talk about during the broadcast. When you look forward to the playoffs, regardless of how many home playoff games, do you know are they going to let more and more people trickle their way through inside of Lambeau?
0: If they do, it won't be a lot. Yeah. Um, I could see them maybe going up to a couple thousand, but uh, it's not going to be anything like you see at Dallas, that's for sure. So right. uh, it's sort of that silver lining. You know, you you dream about having home field advantage and, and packing Lambeau Field, but we understand this is a different kind of year. And, right. Um, tell you what, guys, after everything uh, Packer fans listen to come draft day and all the offseason <laughs> yeah. about the most likely NFC team to regress and yeah. all the close games last year are going to catch up with them, I like the fact that Green Bay has got everything in front of them with one week to go. And if they have to play in a virtually empty Lambeau field, I'll take it because I know uh, Mother Nature is still going to do her thing.
2: Indeed, and she certainly did last week. Uh, so did AJ Dillon do his thing last week? This is the this is the running back that uh, college football fans uh, saw uh, when he was at Boston College. We saw, yeah, uh, you know, getting set doing prep work for um, uh, the 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 pinstripe ball. I couldn't think of the name of it against the Hawks oh. a couple of years ago uh, at Yankee Stadium. AJ Dillon was one of these guys that you had to watch out because he's that type of player. Hadn't seen that in his final year at college and hadn't seen that until this past Sunday night. This is the guy they thought they were getting when they drafted him. The reason why they they did draft him uh, is because he had that uh, tape uh, of those kind of nights. Boy, he looked terrific.
0: He did, Ken. And, and here's a guy who really got hit hard by COVID. I mean, he was out of action for about five weeks, um, lost the entire month of November, and was really down for the count. And so they brought him back really slowly. And you know, there was the thinking that, well, with with Jones and Williams, you know, it's sort of a redshirt year, and he's an emergency guy, but then Williams goes down and was unavailable last week, which opened up the door, and, and Aaron Jones had a couple little issues with a hip and a toe, and so they were happy to see what A.J. Dillon can do, and and we heard all about this kid and the, those massive thighs and, and that build that is built for late season games at Lambeau Field, so that was the perfect uh, landscape for him to show what he can do, and I don't know, guys. I think there is a probably better than 50-50 chance he's the starting tailback for Green Bay mm. that season. I can see a scenario where it's he and Jamal Williams uh, if he's willing to sign for a sort of a team-friendly deal. I just think that uh, they had a feeling what they knew what they had in this guy when they drafted him, knowing that Aaron Jones was going to command to ten to twelve million bucks a year, and I don't think they want to pay a running back that kind of money.
3: The running defense has been a question all season long. They're still 24th in the league in a rush per uh, yards per rush on the season. And here comes snacks, <laughs> maybe a better nickname than actual player here. But what do you think they're going to get out of Damon Harrison?
0: You know, he's a guy back when free agency started that I think a lot of Packer fans were hopeful that maybe that's the guy you bring in. That was the place where uh, the, the defense needed the most help and they really avoided it during the draft. And, um, He apparently wasn't really interested in playing in Green Bay. At least that's what uh, we were told. And even uh, as much as uh, six weeks ago when he was looking to latch on somewhere and Green Bay wanted him to come up, he chose to go to Seattle instead. And it's interesting because Pete Carroll, when they released him, said, Yeah, he's done. You know, he doesn't want to play anymore. He's had enough. But uh, it was clear through his tweeting yesterday that he plans to come to Green Bay and finish out the season with the Packers. Uh, He's playing 25 to 30 percent of the snaps the last five weeks in Seattle. And I think. That's probably the recipe, 20 to 25%, early downs, running downs, come playoff time. You put him next to Kenny Clark, and, man, I'm excited about it. I I know that the Packers have some young defensive linemen that they're kind of high on, but you put a proven uh, space eater like uh, Damon Harrison next to Kenny Clark, I'm sorry, it's going to make your run defense better. So uh, definitely encouraged by what I saw in the run defense last Sunday night, but I don't know that that's been totally fixed. I still have memories of Raheem Mostert running crazy on Jeez, this team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, whether it's Tampa Bay or New Orleans or even Seattle, I mean, those teams are going to want to run the ball, especially if the games are in Green Bay and having. uh Damon Harrison on that field, uh, I think, has a lot of Packer fans. Kind of excited.
2: We will talk to you in two weeks, as I uh, have uh, no doubt in my mind that uh, Green Bay is not playing next week in the playoffs, uh, at least in the NFC, are going through uh, Lambeau Field. Dave Sinekin, Happy New Year. Thank you. Appreciate you coming on.
0: Thanks, guys. I hope you're right. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks,
2: man. <laughs> All right. Good to talk to you. Thank you, Dave. Dave Sinek dot TheHeadCheese.com. Take a time out. Uh, Tom Caker joins us next. Get into the Hawkeyes. Mitch Holtus on the Chiefs as to what their plan is going forward this weekend. Uh, they've got a the, uh, lot of guys that are going to be sitting out. We'll talk to Mitch Holtus in about 20 minutes or thereabouts. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO and No. Starting tomorrow, you'll be able to sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook app from anywhere, including your house. To kick off the new year, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated Sportsbook app is giving all players a chance to double their money if a touchdown is scored in tomorrow's semifinal game taking place in New Orleans.
3: That's right. Just one touchdown for you to double your money. DraftKings Sportsbook, safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. You can download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that promo code KXNO when you sign up. A shot at doubling your money in the t- if a touchdown scored in tomorrow's college football semifinal game taking place in New Orleans. Scarlet and Gray. Versus the purple and orange. That's code KXNO
2: for new players to get a shot at doubling their money for a limited time only. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of older. In Iowa, only restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 800
1: Dribble.
2: Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Take you until noon. Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Chiefs in about 15 minutes. Right now, Tom Caker, HawkeyeReport.com. He joins the program. Tom, Trent, and Ken, we thought we'd be... Recapping a Music City Bowl that uh, didn't happen, obviously, but we've got a Rutgers Iowa basketball game to talk about, as well as some of the news coming out of the football program. Some of the seniors that could have coming back uh, come back, calling it a career, uh, with one notable exception so far uh, of the uh, of the announcements. Tom from the seniors, and oh by the way, Happy New Year on behalf of Trent and myself. Uh, what's yeah. been the biggest surprise to you, if any, so far as uh, the seniors that have made their decisions?
5: Um, none have really surprised me. I, I, Kirk kind of conditioned us to think that basically everyone was leaving and nobody was going to come back, uh, for an additional senior year. So, um, I thought maybe like Sean Bayer might come back, but sounds like he's, you know, he obviously announced yesterday that mm-hmm. he was heading out uh, out. uh, maybe the best one is Zach Van Balkenberg uh, sticking around for another year. I think that's, um, major news um helps Iowa on that defensive line cuz they would have had to replace both defensive ends and um you know potentially both defensive tackles so it would have been a whole new front four uh for uh, Phil Parker and Kelvin Bell so i i think maybe that that's going to help them uh there and that's probably the biggest one and i don't think Caleb Shudak made it official but we're we're told he's going to come oh, back good. And, and uh that secures the the place kicking duties, so uh, that will be a, a real positive for Iowa, too.
2: Did we hear from Heflin?
5: That's the one guy we're kind of waiting on, and I've been kind of poking around, trying to find out if there's anything, and have not heard him or uh, you know, Matt Lorbeck, the other NIU transfer, who was planning, when he came to Iowa, he was planning on doing the four-game redshirt thing, mm-hmm. so... I would assume that, uh, that Lorback's going to be coming back, so that'll give them another defensive end. So, yeah, it's kind of shaping up right now. Um, like most of the guys are going to be gone, just kind of like Kirk said, uh, you know, months ago.
3: Xavier Williams, the transfer from you and I, he'll come in as a grad transfer with one year of eligibility. Kid from the state of Iowa, from Burlington, played really well for the Panthers. And a defensive back, where do you think he fits? We He's tall, too, right? He is, yeah. yeah. Is this a guy more of the safety realm? Can they play him at the cash? What do you heard about Williams and how he fits in that Iowa defensive backfield?
5: Yeah, they really kind of projected him either safety or corner, but I think just based on what they have coming back, it's probably going to be um, at the cornerback position and okay. – um, you know, because they've lost a couple of guys there with, uh, you guys transferring and, and leaving the program. So, uh, and, and, you know, Matt Hankins graduation. So, and Terry Roberts and, and Bradley Moss are really the, the names there. Um, you know, likely starters, but I, I think Williams will be right in that mix. So, um, I, I think that's probably where he's at. Belton stays at cash and then you have Meriwether and, Kerner uh, on the back end.
2: Boy, Roberts, if he does get grab one of those starting spots, it'll lose him on special teams. He's been so good. Yes. Uh, Tom, as we've said throughout the season, there's hardly a week go by that Terry Roberts doesn't do something. Old 22 out there making a play on special teams.
5: Yeah, he's a valuable player, and I, I kind of think maybe he stays in some of that role, too. I think he just, uh, you know, he's excelled at that role, and uh, you can carve your niche uh, on a football team, and and do some good things, and, and uh, I think he's, he's really done that for sure uh, for the Hawkeyes this past season.
3: Tom, a nice bounce-back victory for Iowa back home at Carver as they dispatch 19th-ranked Northwestern. Crazy as 180 games, first time both mm-hmm. teams are ranked, or maybe not crazy because Northwestern has been pretty awful uh, throughout most of that time. But a bounce-back, they did it at home. Now you go on the road for the next two, and the Hawks away from Carver certainly have been a different offensive team
5: yeah and they've been a different defensive team more than yeah. else, uh this year so far but they you know they haven't been away from home much, but when they have been they haven't uh they haven't played great defense more than anything else and um that's gotta change uh you know Rutgers remember the last time they went there they didn't go there last year, so yeah. was, you know two years ago and the the, the Joe wees camp yep. bank at the buzzer <laughs> uh at the rack to to win so um you know, the big question for this game is: is Ron Harper Jr. going to play? Right. Yeah, you know, he rolled his ankle. He has killed Iowa. Yes. He has killed Iowa. Three meetings, averaging 24 points a game, uh, averaging uh, almost four three-point field goals a game against Iowa. Had, what, like 29, I think, last time at Carver. So he's just, and he's playing at a really high level, too. So um, he's going to be, that's, that's a big loss if he can't go and um, uh, on on Saturday afternoon.
2: Speaking of high level, C.J. Frederick. This last couple of games, um, look, he's been he's he had his moments last year. Don't get me wrong, but the last two games in, in particular, uh, he's really opening up some eyes. And in fact, there's you know a lot of people out there think that he's the second best player on the team. It's not Wieskamp, and I was reluctant to go there, Tom. But man, oh man, Frederick, the way he's playing right now, he might be that guy.
5: He is uh, playing much more aggressive. And I, I think that's the, the, the thing that that, uh, that you look for for him. He is not a guy who hunts shots. Uh, he's a guy who... He's not scared to take them when they're there. Yeah, but now he's he's gotten more aggressive. And I, I think Joe Wieskamp had to do that last year, too, where Joe was never kind of the guy that hunts a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. and he went out and started doing that more last season and and he's taught his growth and now you're seeing it, um, seeing it with, with CJ and that's going to give them just another, you know, another score, another offensive weapon. And, and he's, uh, CJ should keep shooting. I mean, he's, you know, making 40 plus percent from three. (laughs) He's, um, you know, the only thing that he's not doing well right now. And he was out after the game, uh, I shared a picture of this, but he came out right after he got done with his interview. He was still in his game shorts and he uh, went out there and shot free throws for a half hour with one of the managers because he was mad about his foul shooting. So, um, just tells you his dedication to the game.
2: He went four
3: for six. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not good, good for him. Missed two. Yeah. And, well, missed free throws. We saw what happened against Minnesota with some yeah, missed free throws. Not in particular. Not, yeah, but he'd hit his free throws until when it counted, right? Yeah. And those were the important ones yeah. in the final 17 seconds of the game. Tom, uh, from there, another just solid performance out of Keegan Murray. Played more mm-hmm. minutes. Toussaint didn't play now of course they played different positions but there were some more bench ava- minutes available what do you think is his role how much bigger is the role going to be if we continue to see this kind of play from keegan Murray
5: well if he if he continues to play at the level he's playing and he's played at a terrific level he got uh, almost 21 minutes the other night uh which was you know I I maybe one of those um you know bad games that he may have gotten 20 but um in a big game in a big 10 game that was the the highest he's gotten and he is um he's just he doesn't seem overwhelmed by the moment ever really uh, the Gonzaga game maybe he did um a little bit and, and kind of got overwhelmed in that one kind of just too hyper uh but since then he is just he he just flatline kind of guy um I, I think more minutes are coming for him Mm-hmm. um and I think you can see him playing with Luca a lot and I think that's not a bad lineup with uh with he and Luca out there because Keegan can really stretch the floor
2: uh Joe Toussaint, any update on him Tom
5: uh nothing we're going to talk to Fran tomorrow morning actually but Fran seemed pretty positive uh about it about it I asked him after the game um he had said he rolled an ankle um probably could have went back out there but he was limping a little bit after the game, I, you know, Patrick McCaffrey, who's his roommate, had come back out to shoot some, um, some baskets after we got done, and uh, Joe wandered out and he was uh, favoring it a little bit, uh, but uh, I know Fran said didn't play him because we're going to need him Saturday, so uh, you know I, I, he knows they're going to need him to. To guard Gio Baker on Saturday.
2: Hmm. Going to need uh, Connor McCaffrey to hit some shots at some yeah. point too, right? Because they certainly they just leave yeah. him alone, and whoever is guarding him just goes to Garza when he gets the ball. He Connor McCaffrey going to need him to make some shots.
5: He is. Um, they started to do some different things with the double teams, um, and Luca was getting rid of it quicker. Um, Connor was moving more instead of just kind of being stagnant there. So they're doing more things, and and they're trying some different things. But Connor has got to knock down even you know ten footers. Uh, He's just got to hit some shots to uh, to make the defense respect him. And once the once he knocks down some shots, they're going to respect him, and it's going to make the 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 uh, ability to double team um, much harder.
2: Good stuff, Tom Kakerd. Happy New Year. Appreciate what you did for us in 2020. Going to call on you again to do that again next year, Tom, uh, starting next oh, Friday. Oh. Thank you, pal. Good to talk to you.
5: Okay. Love love coming on with you guys, and Happy New Year to you guys and all your listeners.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. Tom Cakert, HawkeyeReport.com, uh, as we take a look at Iowa. All right, we will uh, take a break, come back. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs will join us next. It's Chiefs. And the Chargers, Chargers all of a sudden playing with a little life. It's good to see because that just hurts their draft pick, Trent. You're (laughs) fine with it. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk to Mitch Holders. Bama, Trent, and I will go around the remainder of the college football schedule. 11.05, Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO106.org. 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock as we take you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Central Iowa's Papa John sponsors these next segment with our friend, the voice of the reigning champions, Kansas City Chiefs. They have locked up Dubai, the AFC playoffs. Go through Arrowhead Stadium. Mitch Holtis, Trent and Ken, Happy New Year, sir. How are you?
1: Happy New Year to you as well. Is this also the Canadian New Year? It
2: is, yes. We just got past Boxing Day. It's such a busy week. Christmas, Boxing yep. Day, New Year's. Oh, my gosh. How'd you celebrate your Boxing you, Day? Same as you ever.
1: Canadians know how to do it, though, man. You yeah. uh, you know how to get after it and maximize it. So, well done.
2: Thank you very yeah. much, sir. So do the Chiefs. Uh, when You know what? Yeah. It's impressive. Look, I know they've been winning close games, but at the end of the day, they've been winning them. Um, the road schedule that they were handed, as we talked about a few weeks ago, Mitch, for them to get through that unscathed and, and the p- one playoff team after another, for the most part, with the exception of the, you know, the uh, Broncos and the Chargers. <laughs> Mitch, that's a that's a really uh, that's something that um, I don't think a lot of people would have thought as good as they are. Well, they're not going to win all of them on the road, but here we are.
1: Ken, I would say in my brief 27 years as the voice of the Chiefs, obviously Super Bowl 54, to win that game the way they won it is one. Two would be uh, the re- amazing run to the playoffs and all those comebacks. But three, honestly, when I look at it over a body of work of almost three decades, to go eight on the road, eight and O on the road, and to win over the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Dolphins, the Ravens, who am I leaving out? The Bills. The Bills. Yeah. Um, all five of those are, are, could be, would be, should be playoff teams. And then when you beat the Raiders, they were thought to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, to walk through that gauntlet unscathed is a very underrated achievement for this team.
3: The argument happening right now in, uh, well, it would normally be bars, now it's just mostly online, Twitter is MVP <laughs> Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Now, I'm invested in this one, so uh, I maybe have a different vantage point of it. But, Mitch... Just your perspective as you look at the conversation back and forth. Who should be this year's NFL MVP?
1: Are we going to be myopic in this discussion, or are we going to be open-minded?
2: Whatever direction Trent you wants want you to take, to say it. Patrick Mahomes, you <laughs> bet him. I did.
1: From a myopic standpoint, uh, I would tell you one of my exhibits in my case that I would argue in front of the Iowa Supreme Court uh, in the case uh, versus you, Trent, would be just what we stated. Uh, Rodgers did not have to face that uh, schedule on the road and come through it unscathed. We look at it from a statistical standpoint, and, yes, the touchdown passes are awesome. Yes, he was on fire in these last games, but he's also had some clunker games. So I would tell you that uh, in the case of Patrick Mahomes against, I think that would be, we could say, a tougher schedule, especially on the road, his clunker games were not as clunker as Aaron's. Now, Aaron's had a terrific year, uh, but that's my argument. So now all the Packer backers in Iowa are up in arms and you know smashing <laughs> cars into each other and, you know on ML King Way. Let's just let's just back up a little bit. I, I think Aaron's very deserving, but I think you have to go deeper than stats when you look at this MVP conversation.
2: Uh, Mitch, uh, so what's going to happen this week? We know that Mahomes is not going to play. That's come out. How many guys will they rest, and how difficult was it a decision for Andy Reid as to who to rest?
1: Let's take the last first. No, uh, it is not a difficult decision now that the argument would be rest versus rest. And, hey, this is basically two weeks where these mm-hmm. guys are going to get to back off. Uh, is that too long? And I would tell you, no, because all of our discussions seem to be magnetized back Ken, to your first question inference about this has not been an easy 14 and one. This has been a gauntlet. Yep and to win close games, close road games. Everybody's putting double canister in their cannon and shooting at you. Atlanta did things defensively that they had not done all season. Mm. It was crazy. Our offensive lineman, in my interviews with him during the week and discussions on various ways, Zoom, Slack, whatever, uh, has been, oh, my gosh, they were showing stuff we hadn't seen before. I mean, you're getting that week after week. It, uh, it, it sounds arrogant. I don't want it to be. But uh, the point is this team needs physical, mental, and emotional rest. To get the buy, I think is enormous for this team. So it's not a difficult decision for Andy whom to rest. Now I don't think he's decided exactly yet. I don't know what he'll say today. And here, just a little bit, but he may give more of that uh, to leak out. But I doubt it. He may take it right up to game time. But it becomes mathematics as well. This is not a preseason game. You can, if you have fans that are saying, hey. Just have them play a quarter and come out like a fourth preseason game. You don't have the numbers to do that. You have 75 guys to do that in a preseason. You don't have that here. You're still working with 48 guys that are active uh, this Sunday, and that's all you have. So some starters will have to be put on an active list. There may be moves. This is going to be a very active Saturday. There may be some younger guys go to the practice squad that you can protect, like an Allegretti, let's say. Uh, because you've got to move guys to slots if you don't play them so you have enough guys to play this game. Because what you don't want to start is coming into this game after the uh, person filling in for them would be hurt. That That's the worst situation on Sunday.
3: So, Mitch, this will be game 450 of your radio career wow, with oh, the Chiefs. That. <laughs> yeah, I read uh, the press release before the season. It was at 433. You'll have a bye week maybe to decompress, obviously, a season unlike any other just what it's been for you in that radio broadcast booth and also doing it with a couple of new guys. Data Hughes, a former Hawkeye, as your color analyst and a new sideline reporter this year. Just what it's been here 2020 calling football.
1: And dare I say, the new sideline guy is a Dubuque, Iowa, Hempstead Mustang.
3: I didn't know oh. Klingler was.
1: And a graduate of the University of Iowa. I'm surrounded by Hawkeyes and Iwegians. I think you're so, getting better because of it. <laughs> I think so. I think so. Uh, let's go here. Um, and our, you know, our PR guy Brad G is from Iowa State, so and Drake's undefeated, so I don't know where we at. Let's just keep going. <laughs> really, uh, honestly, it is it, but I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's been a, it's been a stressful year, and it's not just doing the games uh, on the road in parentheses from a studio uh, in the broadcast booth, um, but it's been the day to day COVID pressure. I'm I'm under basically a lot of scrutiny, David, day to uh, day of being in a quasi quarantine. Uh, That's been probably the most difficult thing. Uh, We've had close tracing. I I work with 65TPT. You follow us closely, right? So you know our stuff that we do, uh, whether it's field pass or um, uh, the minute with Mitch uh, that's on on Fox 17 or uh, the stuff that we do every day that we're pumping out. So I do Chiefs Radio Network work. I also do work with 65TPT. I do work like this with you that I do on the side. But I've had to treat every day as if everybody around me is positive. Mm. And I've had to just almost live in fear uh, of getting it. And I don't live in fear. I live in hope and faith. But it has been difficult. Trent, you ask a great question. And I'm not asking for anybody to feel sorry for me. I'm just being honest with you and transparent. It has been a day-to-day battle. We had close tracing. Uh, I'll just give you an example. One of the people that I work very closely with in 65TPT work throughout the week, had holidays with their parents. The dad became positive. The dad became positive on uh, like the day after Christmas. Well, I didn't have to have close contact with him enough where I had to shut down. He shut down. It's we, uh, we have nine people that work during the week and 65 TPT tasks. There's only four this week to do the work. So that adds triple time. The work, my, my game day Sunday has been added three times uh, because of the shows I have to do to fill in for that guy. So, it's, I'm not feeling, don't feel sorry for me, but you asked, and I'm telling you, there's just been a lot of stress, and that stress has been there every day. I've really not encountered anything like it.
2: Let's talk about a happy topic, and that's Papa John's. We want you to talk about the Donalds's. Uh Just real quick, Edward Solaire, will he be ready for, for the first playoff game, Mitch, do you think?
1: I'm looking into that same crystal ball you are. Gotcha. I think he will, but don't take that and, and run to the you know the Iowa Capitol and say, hey, he's going to be ready. Don't. Don't. Um, I think he will, because there's, there's arrows pointing toward that, but I can't say it for sure. But, man, this athletic training staff is unreal, the best I've ever seen.
2: We've got 30 seconds, Mitch. Papa John's Central Iowa, the Donaldsons.
1: Is this New Year's Eve? It is.
2: Oh, good one, yes.
1: PapaJohns.com? Yeah. Come on. We've got New Year's Eve. We've got uh, Drake's undefeated. The Iowa Hawkeyes have the best basketball team they've had since, what, Dr. Tom?
2: Been a while. Uh, fiesta bowl for Iowa State tomorrow?
1: Boomity-bumity-bingity-bomb. Crash the symbol. Papajohns.com. Say no more. Let's make this a pizza big-time weekend. Uh, Thanks to the Donaldsons, and Happy New Year to you guys.
2: Happy New Year to you. We'll talk to you in two weeks, Mitch Holtus. Thank you.
1: God bless you guys. Thanks.
2: Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtus, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Hour two coming up next. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football. Dave Sproul and Iowa State still to come as well. Miller and Condon till noon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.